man, these dungeons and blossom tiles are kicking my ass. Well, tell you what, Drew, why don't you just give the developers a call, see if they can give you a hand. Yeah, good idea. I hope they pick up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, episode 50, and we are the Nintendo Podcast, a part of the 8-Bit Collective. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me, as always, is my best buddy, Bryce DeWitt. Good freezing morning. Yes, <laughs> it is very cold. And joining us for the first time on the show is Miguel and Rob from Castle Pixel. Guys, how are we going today? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having us. Hey, how's it going? Thank you guys very much for joining us on the show today. I initially reached out to you guys because I'm a huge Blossom Tales fan. Uh, I bought it back in December on Christmas Day, and I just couldn't put the game down. Um, it really reminded me of the time I bought A Link Between Worlds back in 2013, and that game really captured me. I absolutely love the exploration. And comparing it to one of my favorite Zelda games, I feel like that's some of the highest praise I can give to any game, because we all know the Legend of Zelda series is a very special uh, series, especially for us Nintendo fans. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, that you enjoyed it. No worries at all. Um, so what are both of your roles at Castle Pixel, and how do you guys work together to create your games? Uh, Miguel, you want to go first? Yeah. So um, I basically was the writer for uh, Blossom Tales at Castle Pixel. I helped come up with a story, dialogue, uh, all the cool word stuff, so... Work, worked with uh, Rob. It's all over Skype, so it's interesting, but we, we make it work. Hmm. Uh, how was it working 100% remotely over Skype as opposed to, you know, working in person within the same room? Uh, it, it's cool. I mean, it's kind of crazy. We haven't met each other in person yet, but we've made, like, two games, uh, Blossom Tales and uh, Rex Rocket together, so it's... it's I like it. <laughs> Yeah, sweet. Uh, what about yourself, Rob? What do you do at Castle Pixel? Um, yeah, I'm uh, basically like artist, game designer. I do some programming. Do a little bit of everything at Castle Pixel. But primarily, probably, probably art uh, and design and stuff like that. As to working remotely, I think it's great. We do, yeah, everything over Skype, Dropbox. Uh, we've never. I've I met uh, the programmer, Tyler, who couldn't make it today. Uh, in person but yeah I've, I've never met Miguel he's like you know uh, west coast and Tyler and I are both uh, east coast uh, the US so but yeah that's the gist yeah so you you and Tyler do you guys work over Skype or do you guys work together since you're both uh, similar parts of the country uh, no yeah Tyler's from Toronto and I'm from Pittsburgh so we're close we're in the same time zone and sometimes he's come down and we've worked together like in the same space but for the most part, uh, I'll, I'll usually screen share with Tyler, you know, while while he's programming and Miguel too to, you know, get like live feedback and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah, it still blows my mind that you can actually like work with people over the internet, like us doing this podcast now with uh, each of you on each side of the United States and us in Australia. It really is, <laughs> it really is awesome that we can like use the internet to uh, do these collaborations. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Blossom Tales, just by looking at it, you can see that it's very heavily inspired by retro games, such as The Legend of Zelda and uh, other Nintendo games. Um, so what games did you guys grow up with, and 
what were the games that sort of inspired you guys to start developing your own games? Uh, Miguel, you want to take that one first? Yeah. Um, I grew up Nintendo, so, I mean, uh, it was a pleasure to work on uh, Blossom Tales since Zelda has always been my favorite uh, series ever since Link to the Past. Um, so, yeah, that, just Mario, Pokemon, and Zelda. Those have been my favorite kind of games. Yeah, and being being able to write your own game like Blossom Tales, similar to uh, to the Legend of Zelda, would have been a dream come true. Being able to make your own version of that. Yeah, definitely. Finally, get to like use your own imagination, creativity to toss in uh, ideas, and then it's cool that we work. We're we're far away, but it's just like pretty much three of us, and we're pretty we work pretty close, so uh, we bounce ideas back and forth, and it, we can put our own like a uh, sense of humor in there and no one can tell us not to you know so it's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the benefits of being an independent developer i guess rob what games did uh, you grow up with oh uh, let's see well my first gaming console was a nintendo uh 8-bit nintendo so i grew up with like you know mario and uh zelda games like zelda zelda 1 and zelda 2 a lot of that played a lot of pc games too uh like this old school sierra games stuff like that but yeah i don't know i've always been a nintendo fanboy at heart and i guess that would also be like something that got me into game dev in the first place was just uh you know, playing playing them and being curious about how they're made and all the work that goes into game development and stuff like that. So I think I originally got into game dev. Like I started making games at my first job at an advertising agency with one of the clients needed to do like some educational games. So I got into, you know, like uh, game frameworks and stuff like that. And ever since I've just been making video games. So, so was was this something you got into when you were younger, say at high school, or did you get sort of uh, did you get more into it as uh, you got older? No, I started way back uh, when I was like twenty, and I'm like thirty three now. So, but yeah, when I got when I got into game making, I found this really cool f- framework uh, called Flixel, which was by the guy who had made uh, like Cannonball. Uh, it's like that pixel runner. That was probably his most popular game. But yeah, I mean, I, I've always really liked doing like pixel art and, uh, you know, programming and knowing that I could like kind of do both at the time was like really awesome to me. So I kind of got hooked on, on game development. So what was one of your favorite games that really inspired you to become a game creator that made you say, I really have to get into this industry? Ooh, I don't know. I guess Final Fantasy VII would probably be, like, uh, my favorite game from my childhood. It was just so cool at the time. I mean, like, I've replayed it since, and, it, you know, it's still, it's still like, really well-made game, but it's not really quite the same. But, yeah, I remember playing Final Fantasy and being like, this is amazing. Like, how do you put all this stuff together to, like, make this type of experience? Yeah, I think uh, Final Fantasy is uh, a game that led a lot of people to look into getting into games. Uh, I haven't played Final Fantasy much myself, but I know Bryce has played a fair bit. How did this? How did that make you go on to decide to make your own games and eventually lead to forming Castle Pixel? Uh, let's see. We f- we formed Castle Pixel while we were making Rex Rocket. So we needed. We we, we had been in talks with Nintendo to uh, make a port of Rex Rocket for the Wii U. 
which we weren't actually able to do. But in order in order to like sign up with the Nintendo Dev program and stuff like that, we had to uh, make a company. So that's what originally brought us uh, to you know forming a company. Mm. So you guys still released games on Steam and PC before uh, making Castle Pixel? Right, that's correct. And did you guys know each other before starting the company together? Or did you guys just meet online and learn to collaborate that way? Miguel, didn't you message me through the Kickstarter or something? I can't even remember. Yeah, that's pretty much the only reason I joined was I was like checking out Kickstarter and I saw this cool rex rocket a game and i just shot him a message hey you want to you need a writer and pretty sure it was rob on there she said yeah and the, <laughs> so we didn't know each other before that yeah now that's really cool that you met uh, basically through your love of making games together yeah we we kickstarted rex rocket but blossom tales uh did not make the funding goal but ftg had actually come in pr- prior to uh you know us like during while we were actively running the kickstarter and they offered to you know partner with us to make blossom tales if the funding for it didn't succeed so that worked out and it's been great ever since yeah thank god do you reckon you guys will stick with that publisher uh yeah ftg's uh really awesome to work with they're a great group of guys over there uh they got monster boy coming out soon which i, th- I think miguel has done some work on yeah i did the pretty much all the dialogue Oh, sweet. Uh, when does that come out? Is that a game that's coming out soon? There's no um, set date yet, but late uh, summer. So maybe in like two, three months. And it's cross-platform, so it'll pretty much come out on everything. Except I think the only platform it'll come out later is uh, computer, Steam. Hmm. And that's a, that's a bit different, because usually it comes out on PC first, then it comes out on consoles. I know, that's what I was going to say. It's like the Switch is the new Steam. It's like, who cares about Steam? It's... <laughs> It's like the it's like the new Wii U is what it is. It's like the last platform to get covered. Oh, no, I don't know if it's the new Wii U. That sounds a bit hard. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so with Rex Rocket being your first game, was it 2014? You guys formed Castle Pixel. Yeah, like I said, we we had like we had a Nintendo rep uh, reach out to us back in the day. I think we were, it was like while we were running the Kickstarter again. Like just tons of great stuff happened from Kickstarter. Um, but yeah, one of the Nintendo reps hit us up and they were like, Hey, this looks great. We'd love to have it on the Wii U. We'll send you guys dev kits if you incorporate and get a company going. So we do that like immediately. Uh, unfortunately we never made it to the Wii U, but yeah, we, I mean, shortly after the Kickstarter, like as soon as, as soon as we could, we incorporated. Yeah. Uh, So we'll move on to the development of Blossom Tales. What struggles and challenges did you guys have to face while developing the game? Oh, geez. It's, um, Blossom Tales is like a really long story. So we, I, I had started Blossom Tales like forever ago, like maybe like 2010 or something. And the current dev team for it, it wasn't even Blossom Tales really at the time. It was like a top-down action RPG, but none of our was the same or even the story. It was just the name. But basically, the dev team for that fell apart. I moved on to Rex Rocket. After Rex Rocket went up on Steam, I was looking for stuff to do, basically. So I took all these graphics that I had done for Blossom Tales, updated them and changed them. And we put together a Kickstarter. You know, I made like a short, crappy dev demo of it and we put it up there so it, i mean by the time that happened we, we had spent like two or three years making rex rocket well no i guess it was two years almost two years 
And so, yeah. Yeah. I noticed that Lily was actually wearing a Knights uniform in the Kickstarter video, whereas in the finished game, she's wearing just her normal outfit. Yeah, we I, cha- I changed it, like, a couple months into development, because no one really liked the, the boxing night. They all wanted to play as Lily, like the little girl, so I did up a Lily sprite for it. I think that helps the game, too, being able to play as a female and you know, ha- having it different to something like The Legend of Zelda or you know, a Castlevania game where you're playing as mainly males, actually showing that you're playing a girl, I think that's quite beneficial. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That knight was practically placeholder. <laughs> Yeah, I think you guys made the right decision with that as well. Miguel, what were some of the uh, struggles and processes of writing for the game? I guess having such a small team, the only challenge is finding out what ideas to actually, you know, you get to you get to use. So one, one thing we wanted to do more with Blossom Tales was have the like the choice moments that people love, but the you know they, all of them have said that they wish there was more, and you know so did we. So that that was one challenge is figuring out what ideas you know we come up with a lot of cool ideas and with writing and story new areas or bosses or whatever and just have to cut it down to whatever fits best and will be the most fun did you guys have fun with the way you sort of formatted the story and had it uh, from the perspective of lily's grandpa telling telling the two grandkids a story and how you when you progress through the game it's basically lily's grandpa telling you that uh basically telling you where to go how to solve puzzles introducing you to characters i personally really enjoyed that uh was it was it fun sort of breaking away from other games such as Zelda and other adventure games? Yeah, definitely. It was uh from from the get go we had that in the that that was one of our ideas and inspired by uh, Princess Bride that Rob loves. <laughs> and it's I like it too. But yeah, it, it it felt like it was our kinda like unique way of telling a story. So it wasn't too similar to other games, you know. So we definitely had fun with it. Yeah, I think it made the game really sweet how the grandpa was you know, sitting down with his kids, uh, well, his grandkids, just enjoying himself. And this, the, the way it played into the story too, I don't feel like it's uh, been done before. Like uh, the the parts I especially like are the parts where you, your grandpa will be like, he'll say something, but the kids will be like, really? And he'll be like, no, 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 just, just joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people too agree with me that it was like one of the best things about the game, how it sort of... Like told its story. Yeah, we're glad people like the theme that we had going. We're glad it didn't. Uh, glad the kids interrupting didn't, you know, pop them out of the game or anything. It actually made the game more captivating and charming. Yeah, that's that's what the the narrative like mechanic is like one of my favorite things in Blossom Tales. It's just uh, you know, it's it's like one. It's an element that makes it different than Zelda. So that that was like a big plus for us. And two, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's really fun to, to have that as a game mechanic, like, uh, and, and just having, like, the story in that context, it's like a story in, in a story, it, it, it's kind of weird. I, I always ask people, like, you know, who, who you're playing in Blossom Tales, like, it's, it's kind of strange when you try to think about it, like, are you playing as Grandpa? Because he, he makes the yes-no decisions, right? Or, like, do you pick, I don't know, are you playing as the kids? It's... It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, I think you're playing as Lily personally. I know the grandpa's basically telling the story and what you're doing is pretty much exactly what he's saying, but I think you're playing as Lily because you are running around as Lily. You are using her sword. You're using her items. So, yeah, that, that's what I take away from it. Also, Blossom Tales is usually described as a Zelda-like game. Uh, a lot of people compare it to a Link to, uh, Link to the Past because of its use of hearts and... Like, it's it's overworld and the sword, even the little charge-up beam you use. 
Uh, does that does that flatter you, or do you find it sort of annoying that you've been compared to like someone else's game? No, it doesn't. It doesn't annoy me at all. I mean, I, I think it's kind of flattering uh, to be compared to Zelda because that's just you know they're such amazing games. So <laughs> yeah, fair enough. If I made a game that was compared to The Legend of Zelda or Mario, I'd be over the moon. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I was just thinking because some developers might be. You know, upset that people are comparing their game to something else because it is their game. Yeah, for sure. I bet being a Zelda, it's almost like being in a genre. You know, like it's like a type of game almost. It's, I, I mean, I know it's it technically be like a top-down action RPG, but you can you can have those, and they're they're still like not like Zelda. You know, like well, it, I mean, it's hard for me to put it into words, but. Yeah. When you when you were developing the game, did you did you think to try and add something different, like not use hearts, and uh, separate yourself from people thinking that you're a Zelda game, or did you want to try and evoke those feelings and try and lean off the Nintendo audience? Oh yeah, I mean, so so a, a lot of the things that Blossom tells are like direct Zelda references, so things like hearts and health potions and. I mean, all, all sorts of crap is directly, you know, it's like a nod to Zelda. Like, the the room that you start the game off in uh, is, like, the exact same layout as A Link to the Past starting room, which not many people seem to notice. I don't I don't know if we made it obvious enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, n- now that you actually bring that up, I, yeah, it is the same way. <laughs> Miguel, how do you feel about being compared to the Legend of Zelda series? Yeah, I think it, it was it was less of uh, looking at Zelda and seeing what did Zelda do, and more of like just naturally it felt right, just based on our experience playing Zelda games and other classic NES and top-down games, where you know it just felt right to wake up and go straight to the castle. And you know there are some differences, right? But like like Rob said, it is flattering that people say it's a Zelda clone, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did you guys go about designing the dungeons in the game? Obviously, a lot of the time would have been spent just making sure the puzzles are right, that they all fit together, that that, that each dungeon's a, a good length. Um, so, how did you go about doing that? I would lay out the dungeons in you know in like a big Photoshop document, and we I'd, I'd start with like I'd start with different room types. So I had uh, puzzle rooms, I had like monster mob rooms, I had boss rooms, also obstacle rooms, stuff like that. So I, I kind of placed those and, and make sure that it felt good. And then we, we would use things like the, the classic Zelda, uh, formula where, you know, you find a new item and then you can backtrack through the dungeon. Things become easier to, as you, you know, you learn how to use the new item and lots of i i guess just like lots of playtesting you know uh i had a lot of uh game testing over at ftg and so they would provide us feedback and i mean we would send builds to like miguel and tyler i've played blossom tales like a trillion times um so yeah it was it was it was a long process to make most of the dungeons but i i think it was worth it in the end yeah yeah definitely i really appreciate how long they were uh, especially coming off of Breath of the Wild, where you've got the four the four beasts to tame, and you've got the shrines, which are little small challenges. But I really like Blossom Tales, like sitting down and doing a nice, meaty, long dungeon where the puzzles weren't too hard. Um, well, they weren't too easy. They weren't too hard. It was just that right balance of being able to, to uh, discover discover what the uh, answer is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I absolutely love that. Nice. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> no worries. Uh, so, when you guys were working with Nintendo to port Blossom Tales to the Switch, uh, what was your experience like working with them and using the uh, Switch hardware? 
Uh, you know what? We uh, FTG went through a porting company, and I mean Tyler and I really haven't had any contact with them for for Blossom Tales for Rex Rocket. Though they're, I mean, from our experience with them, they're amazing. Uh, they're, I mean, they're one of the most indie friendly companies out there. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I thought it was great for what it was. Yeah, so you guys didn't have to do the porting, so it made it nice and easy for you. Yeah, we well, t- yeah, Tyler uses the uh, a pretty popular game framework, uh, you know, and that lets you publish to the Switch. So, but to like p- port all the you know localized stuff for the Switch was kind of a pain in the butt. So it was it was like a lot. From, from from what he tells me. Yeah, I read an article on Game Informer the other week where it explained that Blossom Tales has sold 20 to 1 on Switch than it has to Steam. Uh, are you guys enjoying the success uh, Blossom Tales has seen on Switch? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have for sure. What is it about the Switch that you think the audience has received it so much better than somewhere like steam um i don't i mean blossom tales is like made i mean when when we first made it it's like okay we're gonna put it on steam but it it's made for like a nintendo platform you know it's it's inspired by like every cool nintendo game i remember when i first heard about it i went and bought it and i just played it all over summer just couldn't put the game down absolutely addicted to it nice Uh, with the game being a really retro-inspired game and obviously Nintendo not having the virtual console on the Switch's eShop yet, uh, do you feel like that helps you not having to compete with uh, Nintendo's offerings like A Link to the Past and uh, titles like that? As a Switch owner, I kind of want the, like, I want I want those old games. As a game developer, it would, it would add a lot of competition to the eShop, so that would probably be bad for us. Are you quite happy then that Nintendo is uh, fairly reluctant to bring the Virtual Console out on Switch? Uh, when I'm playing my Switch, I'm kind of angry when I am <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm making Blossom Tales. I don't mind so much. It makes it it makes it a, a, a really attractive platform, right? Right, I guess like it makes it more attractive for indie developers to want to come there because it's like, oh, hey, we don't have to compete with all these amazing older eShop titles, but. I mean, again, when I'm playing my Switch, it's like, I want to play Wind Waker. I want to play all these old school games. Like, where, where the heck are they? So, I don't know. I'm, I'm very <laughs> conflicted. How do you feel about it, Miguel, not having a virtual console on Switch? Yeah, pretty much the same for uh, as Castle Pixel. As far as Castle Pixel is concerned, uh, the stars kind of aligned. And the Switch coming out, being a new console, no virtual console. So it was, And then Zelda Breath of the Wild being like the least Zelda-ish, like traditional Zelda so it worked really well that we didn't have to compete with the Link to the Past, Link Awakening, Minish Cap but um just like Rob as a I, I like the the those classic consoles that they that have come out the NES and SNES but I already own a lot of those games so I kind of want to I do want the virtual console just so I can buy like just Chrono Trigger or just Super Mario World yeah well you can't play on the go either with those classic consoles so it's nice to have it on switch to do that yeah definitely i mean i've been one of the few zeldas 2d zeldas or zeldas in general that i've played yet is a minish cap and uh i own it on my wii u but just because it's so it feels so slow and cumbersome now i don't i can't even get myself to to start it on the wii u i want to buy it on the switch yeah, like like with all these old games, I, I seem to get through them a lot more just with having it in my hands, being able to pick it up whenever I want. That's how I've got to play so much Blossom Tales, just being able to pick it up whenever I want, put it on the TV, like blow up the beautiful pixel art. I absolutely love 
like I want to see that happen real bad. <laughs> so what what games would you guys most like to see on the virtual console? Obviously there's like, you know, a huge array of games from the handhelds and the consoles. So what games would you like to see most come to the Switch? I I want them to bring every Game Boy game to the Switch. I want I want like all the uh Pokemon games. I want all the the DS games too on there. I don't understand how they have those two handhelds and they're not bringing those games like to the Switch. Like, I would die to be able to play Pokemon, uh, like, Sun and Moon on the Switch. And I'm just, uh, I don't know why I don't have it yet. Well, I really want Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire to come on the Switch, but I guess my Pokemon itch will be scratched uh, come November when they release Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee. Um, Yeah, cannot wait for those. Another game I'd really like to see is Wind Waker. That'd be awesome to have that Wii U port come over to the Switch. No, I I really want to play Wind Waker. I've, I've never played Wind Waker all the way through. I've only played like a couple hours of it. <laughs> yeah, for the time being, you'll have to go and find a cheap Wii U or something. I know. I've been, I've been, I've been looking. I've been really considering just getting a Wii U just for Wind Waker. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll probably go out and buy one, and then they'll uh, announce, "Oh, Wind Waker coming to Switch." <laughs> uh, so we've obviously Nintendo's concentrating a lot on the indies, having the Nindies program being very prevalent, even having their own directs. Uh, exclusively half an hour just showing off indie games. And uh, news came out the other day that actually that they're planning on releasing 20 to 30 indie games each week. How do you guys feel about that maybe over... So kind of saturating the market and... And what does it mean for, you know, potentially your next game if you bring it to Switch? Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see what happens with the uh, eShop. And actually, I mean, I don't want it to become like Steam where, where you know, you, like you put a game out on Steam and then just no one buys it or like notices it. It's like it's, like it's a young Steam store right now. In my opinion, I feel like in a couple of years it might become somewhat the same. I don't know. Yeah. So, well, so with the news of them trying to bring that, so thirty so games to the Switch each week, does that terrify you as an indie developer? Bring so many games to Switch each week and maybe being overlooked or overshadowed by just so much other stuff because it's hard to uh, discover some things in the uh, eShop when the. Uh, like so many games are released at all at one time. No, nah, the Nintendo can do whatever they want. I'm not really worried about it. I think I think by the end of this year they they have like the paid service coming right. Yeah, yeah, that's coming later. So I think there's going to be like a big redesign of the eShop, and I, I'm not about to get worked up over it uh, as of right now. But after that comes out, I, I I hope that they remedy a lot of the problems that they have right now. I'd be totally fine with them releasing 30 games like a week. Week. But I, I think that they're that right now they have a problem with discoverability of games on the eShop. I mean, they they have like best featured and for sale and like top games or whatever. But I mean, th- there's a lot of games on there, and the only way to find them right now is to go in and type it out in the search. Like, know what you want before you come in. So you can't really... They, they don't even suggest games or any, anything like that. So I, I hope when they get, like, the new system in place that they, they fix some of those things. Yeah, well, they're sort of trying to add some more functionality to the eShop to help with discoverability. They've got the uh, discoverability tab and there was a couple of days there where they had, like, a five-star rating system, but they took it away. I don't know why, but, yeah, it's a bit odd. 
Yeah, I saw that too. There, there were reviews up. They, they had like reviews on some of the games on the eShop. But the, yeah, they mm. took it away like yeah. real quick. Uh, with your next game, do you think you'll be developing it for Switch again? Or will you be just be focusing on PC? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I like making Nintendo-y games. So target platform would always probably be Switch or a Nintendo platform of mm. like any kind, really. Yeah, just having like the type of pixel art you guys make really lends itself to a Nintendo platform. Yeah, I, I used to use, like, for Rex Rocket, I didn't do it so much with Blossom Tales, but, but, but both palettes of the game are based off of the old uh, NES palette. It's, like, expanded, but the, the base color palette is mm. still there. All right, so do you restrict yourself when you, like, decide what color palette you're going to use for your games? Yeah, well, when I made Rex Rocket, I was really strict about it, and I was like, okay, only only the colors from this palette. Um, for the most part, I mean, I, I started to bend the rule, and then when Blossom Tales came around, I had, like, the, uh, like a customized palette, and I, I built on top of that one. And now I'm just doing whatever. It's like, okay, does this look good or not? Yeah. Now, that was really interesting in the NES days where they were limited by the hardware so they could only do so much. Bring those sensibilities into a modern game, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, totally. Uh, having, having a limitation, it, it caused all sorts of weird design, like Mario's mustache, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, so Blossom Tales has seen a lot of commercial success. It's uh, sitting at an 80, on, uh, 80 score on Metacritic. And it's uh, number 15 in IGN's top 25 Nintendo Switch games. How does that make you feel? Honestly, That you must be over the moon just with how well the game's been received. It was like beyond what I even hoped for, you know? It, it was really awesome. Yeah, like I, I could only imagine what it would be like to be making a game for seven or so years and bring it out to this much of a critical acclaim. It must be absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, Blossom Tales could have just wound up on a folder on my desktop on my old computer. It could just be sitting there right now and never would even come out. <laughs> yeah, and that would have sucked too. Like, it's it's scary to think about how many games, you know, don't make it to market because they don't have a publisher, because they yeah, right? you know, don't have time. But, you know, thank God Blossom Tales made it because, my God, it is a fantastic game and I would have been sadder without playing it. So. Cool, thank you. Thank you. So, Miguel, how do you feel about Blossom Tales popping up in all these articles and receiving all this uh, critical success? Uh, it's definitely been like a dream come true and still still surreal too to you're making something and you part of you is saying you know yeah this is going to be awesome but another part of you is saying yeah, this is probably going to bomb you know no one's going to like it <laughs> but seeing the right away the the switch sales doing good uh getting covered by like kotaku giant bomb uh, even i think it's on it's number 15 right now still on ign's best uh 25 switch games so that's mm. that's a big deal for us yeah. too and yeah it's just been awesome definitely what we dreamed of yeah, well, that, that's great because people who uh, who just buy a Switch, they'll be they'll Google the best Switch games. IGN will most likely most likely pop up, and they'll they'll go to that. And Blossom Tales is only a cheaper game. Uh, here in Australia, it's twenty dollars, so you know it it's a great game to pick up alongside maybe Mario or Zelda. When I saw that on IGN, I was like, who paid them? To, who who paid them to say this? <laughs> yeah, you'll have to slip uh, slip Brian Altano five dollars <laughs> yeah he, he, he played the game he enjoyed it he posted a couple times on uh, twitter yeah i did notice that he like i listened to a lot of his podcasts and that and there was a while there on uh, nintendo voice chat where he just couldn't stop talking about the game <laughs> uh, 
so last question, guys. Uh, so obviously you're a game studio. You you will be wanting to make another game. Have you guys started development of your next game yet? Uh, we've been kicking around a couple ideas. Not really sure what we're going to do next, though. We're still kind of like in Blossom Tales mode, I guess. Blossom Tales 1 mode. I uh, still got like a little bit of work to do on that one. But yeah, we're thinking about maybe doing like Blossom Tales 2. Or I have this like other project uh, that we're I'm thinking of slapping together a kickstarter for to put up there get that that switch stretch goal or no that'd probably be the original goal but <laughs> I, I we, we we really don't know yet it's it's all up in the air really yeah, i never really thought of the idea of a blossom tales too that could be really awesome um but obviously you guys have done an adventure like an adventure game and uh, a platformer would your next game be would you be interested in trying like a different genre um i would we would be doing kind of like octopath traveler where i would i would want to do like well it would it would be uh kind of like an old school final fantasy rpg you know like turn-based yeah that that that's kind of like what hollow city would have been and it would have been a sci-fi genre like with androids and virtual hologram ai and stuff like that it would have been pretty Mm. crazy yeah now that makes sense too because final fantasy was one of the series that you fell in love with first so would it be inspired by the retro final fantasy games that would be on you know the old nintendo or you know the playstation one uh probably final fan i mean the the combat's extremely similar but yeah well just like final fantasy 7 or even final fantasy 6 like turn-based maybe maybe with a couple more uh combat elements thrown in there uh kind of almost like knights of the old republic oh, oh yeah by bioware if you if you ever played that no i haven't played it but i've heard you know, i've heard plenty about it some of some of the newer final fantasies i think you can like swap characters in the middle of battle and uh, there's like a free roam during the combat sort of like that would you be would you think about maybe like making blossom tales 2 like the the turn-based games they use the same storytelling mechanics as the grandpa telling the story but you can sort of weave that into the turn-based combat almost could be an interesting idea that 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 is an interesting thought i don't know i don't know i can i can imagine people picking up blossom tales too and they're like playing it and they're like what is this (laughs) yeah it's like why is it a different genre yeah (laughs) it'd be like from zelda 1 to zelda 2 (laughs) yeah Yes, exactly. It's like Blossom Tales the platformer. <laughs> yeah, it can be like the sections from A Link's Awakening where you go into the dungeon and it becomes a 2D platformer. Yeah, <laughs> it is super weird. We, we actually kind of thought about doing that for Blossom Tales, like doing the, the 2D platforming maps, but luckily it got nixed. I don't, I don't know how that would have worked out very well. Yeah, it's just finding the right way to implement it. Yeah. All right, Miguel and Rob. Thank you very much for joining us on episode 50 of The House of Mario. Cool, thanks for having us on. No, no worries at all. We absolutely love Blossom Tales. We think it's a fantastic game. And before we go, would you like to plug anything to our listeners? Uh, I guess Blossom Tales. You can buy it on the eShop. And you can follow Miguel and I on Twitter if you want. All right. Uh, what are your Twitter handles? Oh, mine's uh, Robbie the Robot with a zero for the first O. And I don't know what Miguel's is. Mine is uh, GR8. Sayaman88. Hey, follow me there. All right, guys. Go and follow him on Twitter and please support Blossom Tales. Blossom Tales is one of my favorite Switch games. And, you know, it's only $20 too, so it won't set you back your whole wallet. Maybe just a quarter of your wallet if you've got 60 bucks in there. 
But thank you very much, guys, for coming on. Appreciate it so much. Being able to talk to you was an absolute pleasure. Now, listeners, I want to talk directly to you. Um, I don't know if throughout the episode it was obvious or not, but uh, this episode was 100% reconstructed from the ground up because we decided to use a different program called Cast, which actually records guest audio and makes it just easy to download and sync up and whatever we did a test run the night before worked fine used it uh for this interview and it just absolutely shit itself (laughs) uh we got our guest audio fine but it completely destroyed our audio um if, if you're curious what it sounds like this is what it sounds like i'm a huge fan of blossom tales yeah you don't want to listen to that so we had the option of trying to clean it up which uh, when the audios, when the crackles that integrated into the audio, there's there's no way you can fix it. So what I had actually done is redo all my lines <laughs> from the episode, and it took forever, but that's all right. I hope it came out okay. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it wasn't too jarring. And that's also why Bryce was very quiet. He only said one thing at the very start of the episode. Uh, he said a few things, but that you know. <laughs> He, he he couldn't redo all his lines as well. So I still hope that came out okay. <laughs> so th- like I cannot thank you guys enough for listening to this show, whether this is your first episode or you've been with us for a long time. Thank you very much. We love you so much for listening to our show when you can. <laughs> we appreciate it. Especially now we're up to episode 50. It is absolutely awesome. Um, we're halfway to 100, I guess. That's cool. But enough of that. You can find me at iDruby on Twitter. You can find Bryce at Bryce DeWitt. And you can find the show at The House of Mario. If, you, if you're keen, if you like the episode, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. It'll be very much appreciated. Uh, we have a Discord community where there are a good handful of awesome people we communicate with every day. absolutely love it in there. We're planning on starting a uh, like multiplayer sessions. It's just... Uh, like both Bryce and I, we work at night time and during the day, so finding that time is hard, as a lot of you guys are, I dare say, aware. <laughs> and we are a part of the 8-Bit Collective, 10 podcasts and 22 podcasters coming together to make awesome content for your ears. Uh, they're some of my best friends in the 8-Bit Collective, honestly. They are, like, the other guys inspire me so much to keep making this show better, to keep pushing on, to keep going. That's what I was thinking when I was editing this episode anyway because it literally took me probably 10 hours. I'm not joking. <laughs> and we're going to leave you with this week's Nintendo Jukebox which is the Overworld theme from oh, from, from Blossom Tales. It is awesome. As I said before, this is one of my favorite games on Switch and I hope you guys eventually pick it up if you haven't already. It was a pleasure talking to Miguel and Rob from Castle Pixel. It was just awesome. Anyway guys, I'll see you next week. And actually, stay stay up to date on our social media because next week is going to be a huge week. It's going to be more than one episode and uh, there's going to be lots of interviews because we are going to Avcon in our capital city in South Australia, Adelaide. It's going to be awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you later and have a good one.